anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. hiatus right now um, some medical situations so this is not a missionary service per se but God knows what we need amen Job chapter 23 here tonight amen and I want to read a few verses of scripture uh, if I start to look around there are so many amazing memories of, of people that you've been there and uh, the times that We've needed a helping hand where only God could provide, and I thank all of you. I don't want to call names because I'll forget somebody, And uh, but we love you. We love you dearly. Job 23, when you have it, say amen. Starting in verse 8, the Bible says it like this. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold it. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. Amen. I want to talk to you here tonight about Nascondino. Could you look at your neighbor and just say Nascondino? Could you lift up your hands and lift up your voice to the Lord here tonight? Hallelujah, Lord God, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, Lord God. I'm asking you, Lord God, to open our eyes. Help us here tonight, Lord. Let your will be done here tonight, God. Touch every heart, every soul, every mind, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that eyes would be open, God, that chains would be loosed and broken and destroyed, that you would have your divine will in this place, and we will give you the glory and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise here tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Nascondino. What is it? For about 10 years in Italy, they've had the world championships of Nascondino. Nascondino is the Italian name for a children's game. It's been played as far as back as history can be related and it's been played all over the world. Every culture, every child anywhere in the world would know how to play the game in one variation or another. In fact, it could be said that the first game or the first version of this children's game was actually played in the Garden of Eden between God and Adam. When the Lord called out and said, Adam, 
where art thou? If you've guessed that the game is hide and seek, you are correct. Reminds me of a story about a telemarketer. She called a house one day and a little whisper on the other side of the phone, hello? And so the telemarketer says, hello, what's your name? My name's Jimmy. Just whispering. Jimmy, how old are you? I'm four. Jimmy, is, is your mom there? Yeah, but she's busy. Okay. Is your dad there? Yes, but he's busy also. Jimmy, are there any other adults there that I can talk to? Yes. Who else is there? The police. Can I talk to the police? No, they're busy also. Anybody else? Yes, the firemen are here. Are they busy as well? Yes, they're busy also. Telemarketer got a little concerned and she said, you know, Jimmy, that's a lot of people in your house. And I can't talk with any of them. What are they doing? Looking for me. He was hiding. He was hiding. It was Adam that tried to hide from the presence of God. Even though this is actually an impossibility, it was because of the chains and uh, the bondage that were birthed in man's soul after he disobeyed God's will and God's word that fear and shame and, and even torment were birthed in the heart of Adam. Saul tried to hide from God's will and God's calling on his life. And uh, the Bible says that he was hidden amongst the stuff. Jonah tried to run from the presence of the Lord and, and hide himself from God's will in his life. The New Testament, Jesus speaks about the unprofitable servant that took the talent and he hid it so that it would not bring forth any profit. And then, of course, amongst many other stories, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira and how they tried to hide the wickedness of their hearts from God and they tried to hide their motives from the Lord and these are just a few examples of man's weak and shameful efforts to try to hide things from God. However, the psalmist spoke of this and the impossibility and the futility of hiding things from God. In Psalm 139, David declares, he said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me, thou knowest me. My downsitting and my uprising, thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before Laid my hand, laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And then he begins to say, where shall I go from your presence? If I go and I take the wings of the morning, you will be there. If I go and I make my bed in hell, then even there will you be. There, there's no place, God, that I can hide from you. 
And ultimately, this sovereign God that we serve, this all-knowing God that we serve, this all-present God does not seek to condemn us. He doesn't seek to shame us. He doesn't seek to hurt us. The things you have so craftily hid in your heart and in your life and, and you've hid from others. You could try to hide it from your spouse. You can try to hide it from your friends. You can try to hide it from the people around you. You can even try to hide it from your pastor. But let me tell you something. You're not hiding anything from God. It's all there. It's bare. He can see it. It's all in plain sight to him. But he doesn't use his sovereignty to try to shame or hurt or demean us. In fact, people that think that they are fooling others ultimately, they are only fooling themselves. Because God is aware. God is aware. So the best thing we can do with those hidden things in our lives is surrender them to the Lord. You see, his goal is not condemnation. His goal is redemption. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek the likes of me and the likes of you. He came to seek those that, 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 that are down and out and hopeless. And there are things that you don't want anybody to know about. He came to seek you and he came to help you. He came to heal and he came to redeem our lives here today. He wants to take the weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. And he wants to deal with them for us, he wants to take the cumbersome things in our lives and take them from us. So I've talked a lot about the things that we hide from God. But I, I didn't come to preach to you about the things that we hide from God. I didn't come to you, talk to you about the weak and somewhat shameful effort that we put forth trying to hide ourselves, our weaknesses and our failures from God because God is aware of those things and God can deal with those things. That's why John the Baptist cried out and he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it doesn't matter what your sin or what your downfall is or what it is you're carrying here tonight. There is a God in heaven. He has all power. He is sovereign. He can deal. He can help you with whatever you got here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight. He wants to take those things and bury them in a sea of forgetfulness. He wants to make all things new. So what do I want to talk to you about? I want to talk to you about not the things that we hide from God because if you're here and you're dealing with something before this service is over, you can come to an altar. You, 
you can repent of your sins and the blood of Christ will, will wash those sins. It will, if, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you, you could probably be baptized tonight. You can talk to the ministry. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can probably receive that tonight in this place. And God can deal with all that, but I came here to encourage somebody. I want to talk to you not about the things we hide from God, Brother Rich, but the things that God hides from us. I want to talk to you about the hidden hand of God in our lives. You see, God has unending resources at his disposal. He's what we call omnipotent or all powerful. Well, what that means uh, that it doesn't matter how bad, it doesn't matter how dark, it doesn't matter how destitute, it doesn't matter how impossible, it doesn't matter how bad it seems, he still has power over your situation here tonight. I said he's still on the throne tonight. He hadn't stepped down and he's not going to. God is sovereign. He's never faced a situation that puzzled him. He's never faced a situation that, that, that made him shiver. He's never faced a situation that made his heart raise or his blood pressure rise. He's never faced a situation that, that, that came at him by surprise. No, that's not the God that you and I serve. He has all power. He has all knowledge. In fact, it doesn't matter what you throw at him here tonight. He can deal with it and not only deal with it, he won't even break a sweat I'm doing more work than he would do to fix us up here tonight he has all power there's nothing he can't handle are you getting this the Lord told me to encourage somebody here tonight that you've come to this place and you've come broken, you've come distressed, you've come hopeless, you've come wondering and questioning and God is saying, hey, I've got your back. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm here for you here tonight. Watch this. He specializes in the impossible. (laughs) Did you get that? Let it sink in. He specializes in the impossible. The more impossible your situation, the more up his alley that situation is. Hallelujah. As a doctor, every patient is healed. As a provider, every need is supplied exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever think or ask. As a counselor, he gives peace that surpasses all understanding. As a problem solver, he says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. I'll take care of your problems here tonight. As a protector, he says, I'll fight your battles and I'll be a shield all around you every day. As a judge, his judgments are righteous. As a lawyer, he's never lost a case. As a savior, he had no sin and he took the sin of the world upon himself here tonight. Oh, somebody should be excited about this God that we serve here tonight. 
Hallelujah. He heals the broken hearts. He opens the blind eyes. He raises the dead. He pulls us out of the mire and puts us on the rock to stay. He doesn't put you on the miry clay. His promises are yes and amen. He's a very present help in a time of need, a broken and a contrite spirit. He will not despise. He will not turn you away. He will not say, I'm too busy. He'll say, come on, bring it on. I will help you and I will be yours. Help in a time of need. He's a sovereign God. I could go on and on and on and on. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. He's a way maker. <laughs> He's a way maker. Oh, I felt that witness. You see, I've been thinking about this all week, Brother Peden. He's a way maker. He's one that makes a way where there is no way. He's one that, that, that creates the way. He said, I am the way. You need a bridge? I'll be that bridge. You need a way? I'll be the way. No, no, nothing so beautiful as when the children of Israel are led out by Pharaoh and they're out and they're coming up against the Red Sea. The Red Sea is in front and Pharaoh and his armies are in behind them. The whole Egyptian empire is chasing them. And here he is, Moses, with all these millions of Egyptians that have just been liberated, that God just did all these miracles for them. And God says, don't you worry, Moses, you don't see the way but I can make a way where there is no way he says raise up your rod and as he lifted up the rod God parted the Red Sea and he made a way where there is no way Uh, uh, I gotta get you excited about this you see it hit me like a ton of bricks he's a way maker you may have come here thinking there is no way My mom can't help me. My uncle can't help me. My dad can't help me. My brother can't help me. My husband can't help me. My wife can't help me. My son can't help me. You're thinking, what in the world? There is no way. And God says, hey, I am right here. Uh, This is what I specialize in. I make a way when there is no way. I come in at the last minute, and I never fail. I am consistent to the end. So watch this. He, he set the precedent at Eden. Here we are. Man fails. Man disobeys God. It was man's decision to be separated from the presence of God. God had nothing to do with it. Man disobeyed on his own accord. Man destroyed the bridge. Man destroyed the relationship. I made a mistake. I should have never disobeyed the word of God. I should have never done that. And so most of the time that our relationship with God, if not all of the time, is damaged. It's not God's doing. It's our doing. So I made my bed. Now I've got to lie in it. At least that's the way we would think. But that's not the way God thinks. You see, 
He knew it was impossible for man to reach him. He knew that his holiness separated him from that sin. He knew that there was no way for man to come back to him to, 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 to reorganize or to, to, to redeem that broken relationship, that broken bridge. He knew that it didn't matter how much money, how much resources, it didn't matter how tall the ladder, how tall the tower, or how big the building, that man could never reach him. It didn't matter if you got in a spaceship and tried to go into outer space and you could not impress God and God knew there is absolutely no way they cannot reach me they, they, they cannot touch me and so there was no way <laughs> but God said oh I'm a way maker I'm going to make a way because I love you so much he loves his creation so much. He loves you so much. You're here not because of some just wise decision you made, but you are here by divine providence of the Holy Ghost. You're here because God loves you. You're here because before you loved him, he already loved you. You're here because you've made mistakes and you've had errors in your life and you didn't know where to go. But there's a God in heaven that says, hey, you come on to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest here tonight we damage our relationship with God by, with pride and ambition selfish agendas idolatry materialism envy, jealousy whatever it is we fall apart in the heat of the battle. We come undone. We give in. And we give up. It's too much for us. Anxiety overtakes us. But don't worry. He's got you. He never gives in. He never gives up. He never falls apart in the heat of the battle. No, every, every battle he's undertaken, he's won the victory. Everything he's attempted to do, not only has he done it, he's done it in ec with excellence. He's done it in a great way. And it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what you're bringing to God here tonight. He says, I can overcome. I can overcome. And in Revelation, the saints are looking at the Lamb. And they say, and we overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And they overcame by their testimony that there is a God in heaven who has not lost a battle, who is omnipotent. And God omnipotent reigneth forever <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah he specializes in the impossible so man is uncovered I've got to hurry I'm having too much fun man is uncovered man doesn't know what to do and God has all the power and he's not afraid to use it. Did you hear me? He's not afraid to use it. He, he, he's sovereign. It's all his. In fact, he'll use it over and over and over again in our lives. Man is ashamed. And I like this. You see, our solutions to our problems sometimes are like, 
a Band-Aid for a heart attack. It just doesn't work. And so they did the best they could. They got a fig leaf. They said, this will cover it. And God said, no, you're not even close to redeeming your relationship with me. You're not even close. My holiness demands that I separate myself from you. My, but don't you worry. You're futile. You see, the, the, the solutions we have most of the time are very futile. They're, they, they, they're finite in our thinking because that's what we are. But, but God says, no, I'm going to do even better. And so he steps in and he says, I'm going to redeem your relationship with me. I'm going to cover this. And so he kills an animal. He sheds the blood of an innocent animal and he says this will not cover the sin till there is the blood of a lamb without blemish in the form of a man that comes down upon earth and he said and I will do it I will come down he said but this will do till I get there and so he redeems man's relationship and he makes a way and he keeps making a way and he keeps making a way Another way, because we keep making mistakes. Sometimes all we see are the consequences. Because he starts dealing out judgment. You know, he says, okay, come here, serpent. This is what you're going to have to deal with. Come here, woman. This is what you're going to have to deal with. Come here, man. This is what you're going to have to deal with. But... What we fail to see is the hidden hand of God as he manipulates our lives and situations in in an eternal sphere to, to bring us and put us right in the midst of his will. You see, he, he starts dealing the judgment, but, but you, you, you can't miss it because the consequences are actually God's love and favor at work in our lives. He, he's making a way where there is no way. He, he sometimes, uh, you see, uh, that's all I can perceive is what I see and that's all I'm going to go by. But we have to understand that there is a hidden hand of God. And so Job began to look. He's in the middle of the trial and he says I look to the left and I where he doth work and he was not there I looked to the right I did not perceive him I looked in front and he was not there and I looked behind and he was not there but what Job did not realize is that he was in the middle of an eternal skirmish between God and Satan he was right in the middle of God's will and God's hand was upon him and all he knew is what he could perceive He thought God wasn't there when all along God was very present in the middle of the situation. And you're wondering, or perhaps you're wondering, God, where are you? Well, he's doing a work. He's doing things you can see. But even when you don't see it, he's still working. He, you you can see his right hand manipulating things over here but there are things he's doing behind the scenes that you don't know anything about he's doing things in your life he's doing things in your situation and as long as you're submitted to his will he'll continue to work in your life and in my life I 
I'll give you a couple of examples. I promise I'll rest to an end, but there are so many beautiful ones in the scripture. Abraham, father of the faithful, man of faith, had done just he had learned to walk with God God called him a friend and so here's Abraham and he has a child of promise and he is so thankful for the promise of God and then the Lord says Abraham I want you to sacrifice the child and Abraham just knows that we walk by faith and not by sight I've got I've got to walk not by what I see I've got to serve him not by how I feel because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping sometimes you don't feel like praying sometimes you don't feel like coming to church but you've got to have enough faith somewhere in your soul that says hey i'm gonna do it anyway because i know the god that i serve and so here's abraham he doesn't feel like going up the mountain and taking his son but he takes him up the mountain and they're walking and walking and hiking and isaac screams out hey dad i see the wood and i see the fire but where is the sacrifice and so here comes abraham having seen a thing or two and having walked with god through certain situations he says son let me tell you god will provide himself a sacrifice and even though he didn't see it he knew that god was working and as they're walking up one side of the mountain god is walking up the other side bringing a sacrifice to put on the altar because god was working it was his unseen hand at work You may not understand it, but his hand is at work in your life. Elijah missed it. 450 prophets of Baal, all killed. Jezebel sends him a little note, a little post-it note. Elijah, I'm trying to to take the importance away from it. I think post-it notes are small. And so... He says, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. Love, Jezebel. And so Elijah gets all depressed. He runs. The Lord comes up. Elijah, what are you doing, man? What's going on? Well, Lord, you see, I'm a little discouraged. I'm a little put out with you, God. Because just yesterday... I don't know if you were there, (laughs) as if he hadn't been. I'm paraphrasing. It's my story. This is not the biblical record, Brother Hughes. (laughs) And so, this is just what my mind conjures up. 450 prophets of Baal, God, they're all dead. And I'm the only one that worships you around here. I'm the only one that has the seal I'm the only one that lifts up my hands and claps and runs and sings. And I'm the only one. Poor little me. And God says, I'm going to reveal to you my unseen hand just for a glimpse. Elijah, because there's things you don't know. 
and I really don't have to tell you. But just an FYI, just for your information, I've got 7,000 men and women that have not bowed their knee to Baal. They haven't bowed their knee. They worship me in spirit and in truth. Don't you think that you're all alone and there is a hand of God? Because even so, you may not see it. Even though you may not perceive it, I want to tell you, it's all over the Bible. He has a hidden hand at work in your life here tonight. Hallelujah. Joseph's life is full of it. Joseph has a dream. I'll go fast. He has a dream. His brothers envy and hate him. They're jealous of his multicolored coat. So they want to kill him. Here he comes on an errand delivering some cheese and some things for them, trying to see how they are. And they say, hey, let's kill the dreamer. Reuben stands up and says, hey, let's not kill the child. It was the hidden hand of God upon Reuben's life. God was using Reuben at that moment. You never know that solitary voice that God will use in your life. Because just like when Nehemiah went to build the wall, there will always be those that rise up against you. But you just keep going. I've got a work to do. I've got something important to do. I may not see it, but there's a hidden hand of God working around here with me somewhere. And I'm going to trust in him. And so uh, he stands up and he says, let's not kill the child. Reuben leaves. They, they, they take him. They throw him in a pit. They make like he's dead. And then they sell him as a slave. There's two little details that we often miss when we read that story. The first one is, that caught my attention, is that the Bible says that there was no water in the pit. I've read enough and studied enough that I've realized that there are no insignificant details with God. So when I see that the Lord takes time to put that in the Holy Writ, what that tells me is that all out of all of the pits that they could have found, they found an empty pit. There were pits with water somewhere where they could have just drowned the boy. But God's hidden hand said, no, I'm going to make sure that we're there at. There's not going to be a pit with water. It's going to be an empty pit so that they will not harm the boy. And then they, here come the Ishmaelites. And we think, oh, it goes from bad to worse. They say, we're going to sell him as a slave. And I understand something about this. The fact is that his brothers had jealousy and envy and wickedness in their hearts. They wanted to hurt Joseph. But God said, if I can take him out of the hand of their hands and I can put them in the hand of some slave traders. They'll take care of him. They're going to feed him. They're going to take care of him. They're going to take him where I need him to go. You see God's providence and God's hand in your life, although often unseen and often misunderstood, is powerful. I love the fact, I'm off my notes, but I love the fact, this is one of my favorite stories in the book of Acts. Every time I read it, I just get so tickled. Here's Paul appealing to Caesar. I want to go to Rome. And 40 Jews say, we will not eat or drink till this man dies. We're going to make sure he dies. 
we're going to take care of this because we're not going to be hungry for long. And so... Paul's nephew hears of it and he goes and he tells the apostle Paul who is imprisoned by the Roman guard and the Roman centurion and uh, Paul says this young man has something to tell you and so the young man tells the, 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 the centurion what's going on and the centurion says all right Let's get some armed soldiers. Let's get two or 300 horsemen. Let's get some armed guards around this prisoner. And then you see a whole Roman army or armada or whatever it is, escorting. You ever want a police escort? Paul had the whole Roman army escorting him from one town to another. Let me tell you, nobody was going to mess with those Romans. Forty did not compare to how many ever they had, 400, 500. It did not compare. And so God uses unlikely things. And there are things in your life, and it's the hidden hand of God. And it's actually working out for your good. It's God moving the pieces. It's God moving things in your life. And you may not understand it, and you may think it hurts. But it's actually the hand of God in your life. And he's at work. Even when you don't see him, he's still working in your life here tonight. Quickly, I'll rush to a close. Joseph is sold to Potiphar. Out of all the people he could have been sold for, he's sold to Potiphar, who's one of Pharaoh's guards, and he works for Pharaoh. And then Potiphar's wife lies on Joseph. And what's happening here is God is saying, your training here is through. It's done. I need to move you on. And Potiphar chunks him in a jail. But go back and read the details. The Bible says that that jail was a jail that was very particular. It was for Pharaoh's officers. Out of all the jails he could have ended up in, he ended up in a jail for Pharaoh's officers. And here's God maneuvering and making a way where there is no way. And it's the hidden hand of God, the baker and the butler come in. They have dreams. And Joseph says, oh, I know a little bit about dreams. I may not be good for much, but I'm connected to God. I, I have a relationship with him. I know the God of Israel. And this is something that God can do. And so he says, here we go. And he tells them the interpretation of their dreams. Their dreams come to pass and they forget about him. Until two years later. Pharaoh has a dream. He has a couple of dreams. And it's a hidden hand of God at work. Again, Joseph was protected. Joseph was provided for. Joseph was prospered. Joseph was in the favor of God. And so the butler says, you know, I made a mistake. There is a Hebrew in the jail where, where I was, where, where, where the officers of Pharaoh go. And it was when you sent me and the baker, and, and he interprets dreams by the God of Israel. And Pharaoh says, well, bring him up here. Get him up here. And so they save him. They, they dress him. He, he gets up there. And now he's in front of Pharaoh. And you may think that Joseph is in front of Pharaoh and that Joseph is in Pharaoh's court but Pharaoh is in God's court and it's the hand of God that's working he interprets the dreams Pharaoh says well you're wise you take care of the seven years of prosperity seven years of famine the famine was job security The famine was a favor of God. 
Don't scream and holler and complain about your famine. It's God lifting you up. It's God moving you. It's his hidden hand, Ridge, just moving you where you need to be. It's putting you in places that you wouldn't go on your own. It's places that you would never get to unless he took you there. And so here comes the famine. But guess what? Now Joseph is second only to Pharaoh. And his family's provided for. All of Israel is going to have jobs. All of Israel is going to be provided for because of the hidden hand of God in their lives. There's a hidden hand of God working in your life here tonight. Joseph goes on. He tells them, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Let's all stand. Ask the musicians to please come. And here we are. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. So I love the scripture. I've quoted it to myself. I've quoted it to others. Countless times. He'll work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But let me go just a little bit deeper with that. All things are going to work themselves out. That's promised. But in all reality, God's not working on things. He's working on us. Because he loves us. You're on the potter's wheel. And the discomfort that you feel sometimes, it's a pressure of the hand of God in your life. But by the same token, he gives you some promises. He says, I'll never quit on you. I'll never let you go. No one will separate you from my love. And it doesn't matter what you brought here today. There's a God in heaven. He's willing to step down from the throne and meet face to face with me and with you. That's the kind of love he has. What the prophet foretold, Jesus unfolded. Behold, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit. Here's Jesus, God in the flesh, walking amongst humanity. Many rejected him. There was no comeliness, nothing about him that we should decide. But inside this vessel, inside this body, the hidden hand of God was there. The Bible says if Satan would have known 
what was about to be released by crucifying the Lord of glory, he would have never done it. Because although there are things that are manifest and there are things that are plain to see, let me assure you, as sure as I stand here, there is a hidden hand of God at work in your life here today. Like I said, you're not here by happenstance. It was the divine and the invisible, the hidden hand of God. He has a purpose for you. He has something special for you. If you're in this place and you've never repented of your sins, my first open, I'm going to open up this altar and anybody can come. But if you're here and you've never repented of your sins and you, you just want, you, you just want to do your part and say, God, I know I can't redeem my relationship, but I'm willing to do my part. If you'll do the impossible, I'll do what I can do. I want to tell you, there's a God right now. There's a father that is looking from the father's house for a son to come home. Saints, let's lift up our hands. Close your eyes. Lift up your voice to the Lord. This altar is open. This altar is open. If there is anything in your life that you would like to bring to this altar, if there is anything, come on, God is in this place. He can make a way. He can make a way. He can heal you. He can touch you. He's sovereign here tonight.